electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders recorded at CNBC's live events. Today, a conversation with two remarkable athletes who are as enthusiastic about financial literacy as they are about football. Brandon Copeland is a linebacker with the New England Patriots. He's also taught a financial literacy course at his alma mater, the University of Pennsylvania. And Carl Nassib is a defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's also an outspoken financial wellness advocate who has tutored his teammates on personal finance and investing, as you may have seen on HBO's Hard Knocks documentary. These athletes opened their personal finance playbooks for us at CNBC's The Path Forward, Your Money event, on November 17th, 2020, my colleague Dominic Chu interviewed them. Here's their conversation. Gentlemen, thank you both for being here. Maybe, Brandon, we'll start with the professional side of things on the University of Pennsylvania front. What exactly is it like and how important is it for folks to understand the basics of finance? Yeah, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me, Dom, Carl. It's great to see you both. Hope all is well with you um, and you guys are staying safe. It's. I think it's so, so important, and I think it's one of the reasons why I ended up taking the time in the offseason to physically go and, and teach the course is because we all have different goals. And I think, well, even backing up a bit, as a child, we're taught and society puts pressure on us to go to school, get good grades so that you can eventually get a, a good job. And then the, a lot of the route for that good job is so that you can have money and um, unfortunately, throughout that education, uh, we're not being taught how to utilize the money that we're working our entire lives for uh, in the right ways. So it, it's very important, simply put, to, to understand your money. And it's not that you're always going to make the right decision or the perfect decision. It's not that you're going to look back and think, oh, you know, um, I couldn't I could have done this a little bit better. It just means that you'll be able to fi- be faced with some of these major life decisions and you'll be more confident in the decision that you're ultimately making. Now, Carl, what's interesting to me to, to kind of dovetail off what Brandon said about the, the, the importance of knowing about personal finances. You come from a family of many multiple professional athletes, folks who you've seen kind of go through their personal finances. How exactly are athletes treating their personal finances differently than, say, the rest of us out there who aren't on the football field every other week? Um, Two points. Um, I think that athletes are just like any other Americans. Uh, American culture is, to me, we make money to spend money. Um, If you read the book, Thinking Fast and Slow, Daniel Kahneman um, really puts it in a layman's terms. When you get a lot of money, um, you think everything's okay. So your decision-making goes a little emotional, uh, goes a little uh, intuitive, and you don't really make the best decisions. 
And you see that with lottery winners. Um, you see with a lot of into it, a lot of individuals who um, come into money very quickly. Um, myself, um, I like to think I've made a, I've made good decisions over the past five years being in the NFL. I've made some mistakes, um, but what Brandon was saying about educating. Um, if, some, if somebody doesn't know or understand what it is, they're going to be very wary of it. Um, and that goes true with anything in life. It's just you get more exposure to it. And I think the NFL does a really good job. Um, they do their best with helping young players, especially um, to um, maneuver, being an adult, managing a budget. And I just think that we can keep, go- keep going forward. Uh, we in the NFL have heard all the horror stories. You've seen the 30 for 30. Um, we know that you have to be smart with your money. And I think it's only going to get better. Now, Carl, if I could follow up there really quickly, I have this image in my mind from that HBO Hard Knock season, you and a whiteboard and a black marker trying to teach some of your friends and teammates about the simple idea of compounding interest and compounding returns. Is it really that simple? What are the most important things that have been asked of you in your role as a teacher for some of your peers, friends and teammates out there in professional football? I mean, I like to think it's that simple. Uh, it's not about how much you make. It's about how, how much you save. And when you are a young individual with a good amount of money, the opportunity you have um, as an investor is huge. You can take on higher risk. You can invest in things that you might take losses on, but then have gains later on. So I, I honestly do think it's that simple. I think that um, having advisors is also a good idea. I just got my first advisor um, this past offseason. Uh, Investment-wise, I've done a very good job, um, as with every everybody over the last four years. The economy's just been incre- incredible. But with tax management, I, I've missed out on some pretty uh, important things. So it, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about just the concept of saving money, living below your means, and uh, preparing for the future, that part's simple. But I think that there are some other good things that you might need to uh, have a, a good team for. All right. So, so Brandon... I've gone from the, the, the locker room and team offices and a whiteboard and a dry erase marker for Carl teaching his teammates about that. You've kind of got a similar setup with a board, I'm sure, chalk or dry erase or otherwise, at the University of Pennsylvania, when you could actually hold in-person classes. These are formal classes at an Ivy League school. What exactly are students asking you, and what are the most important lessons you are teaching them? Yeah, I think the, the main thing on a lot of students' minds, besides their career and potential earnings post-graduation is student loan debt, right? Um, their current living situations, will they be able to afford their apartment uh, or, or how will they be able to afford their apartment uh, going out of college? So we try to really backtrack and first and foremost, get a lot of the students to understand what they're actually searching for and why money is important to them. Right. Um, it's not like a, it sounds like a, a, a rhetorical question sometimes. But when you think about a lot of the things that we are trying to buy, you know, I'll speak to it as an athlete. Some things I don't even necessarily want. Brandon Copeland doesn't want, but I see my teammate with it or my neighbor with it. And so now I feel a little bit of pressure to keep up with the Joneses. Right. When you have to understand that your situation and your goals, your vision for yourself years from now is not the same as your teammates or your neighbor, um, the, the, your coworker, 
your colleague, whatever it may be for your situation, you have to understand, okay, if my vision is a little bit different than theirs, or I see a lot further than them, I have bigger goals for myself. Well, I cannot spend money or do or, or, or achieve those results acting the way that they do. Not saying that treating yourself is a bad thing, but, you know, I know someone reached out to me yesterday because they saw something that I did and they said, you know, hey, you inspire me. I'm going to choose to live more frugal. And I just told them, hey, you know, I I, I understand what you're saying because I get it. But a lot of things are, are, are mindset and perspective and, and some words have negative connotations to them when you think about frugal, you think a little bit negatively, oh, you're, you're living cheap. But if you think about it as I'm investing in myself, exactly what Carl just said, I'm saving for an older version of me. Carl and I, we're running down the field. We're taking on double teams. We're hurting our body right now. I just went through pec surgery. Well, I'm doing all that for a reason. And it's to pay a 50-year-old version of myself, a 59-and-a-half-year-old version of myself. It's not me living frugally or me living super cheaply. It's me investing in the most important investment in the world, and that's me. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. We've heard many athletes take different strategies towards planning for their futures. Some folks only, say, spend or, or use their signing bonuses and, and, and keep their annual salaries in savings. Some people do the opposite and only spend what they have in salary but keep their signing bonuses in a savings plan. What has been your strategy, Carl, with regard to how you kind of big picture manage your finances? What exactly do you spend? You guys both make seven-figure salaries. Um, for me, uh, I just haven't really changed as a person. Um, the things that bring me joy in life don't really come with a high price tag and that's never going to change. So I live the same life. I live, um, I have the same friends. Um, I just, it's, it's not, it's all the same money to me. I don't, I think that those are good things. Whatever works for anybody is as long as they're saving and not spent, you can enjoy your life. What Brandon just said, and you can treat yourself and, um, never like no day is guaranteed. So you should enjoy your life but you should definitely prepare and invest in yourself. Um, I love what you said about investing in yourself. Um, I think that's awesome. And um, yeah. Now, Brandon, what exactly is you been your big picture approach to managing things? Do you, do you save a certain amount? Do you, do you only spend a certain amount? How much do you actually go about putting away? How do you pay yourself? Yeah. It's funny that you asked that. Cause I'm, I want, I guess, everyone out there to understand that these things are ever evolving and there's always growth within these processes. So, you know, you'll see us up here or, or analysts talking about what they do and, and, and just understand that even though it looks like we have it all like figured out, we're still growing ourselves. So two years from now, we'll probably hopefully be better at what we're doing. And so I, I laugh when you said that because a few weeks ago, I realized that even though I'm similar to call, I have the same once I, you know, I, this is, this is my jewelry, you know, a, a 10 buck chain off of Amazon. 
uh, you know, things like that. I realized that I was lacking in setting and forgetting what was happening with my paycheck, so to speak. So um, I read a book called Automatic Millionaire, and it really encouraged me to take full on account of what is going on with my money. So for me, I try to live off of 6% of my income. And then the rest of the money is I'm saving some money now for another year in my life later down the road. I'm saving a little bit of my paycheck goes for a different year later on in my life. And then the rest of it is going towards some type of investments. Um, And all of them are ultimately being invested at some level, shape, form, or fashion, but the the different aggressiveness is dependent upon how quickly I may need access to the money. All right. So, so speaking of how quickly you need access to the money, managing around that money and the big ticket items that you have in anyone's life are big deals. I'd like to talk, Carl, to you about what your approach or your philosophy is with regard to the big ticket items for most of us Americans and, and perhaps you included. That's for either your living arrangements and your auto arrangements. Are you a rent or an own type person? And when it comes to houses and cars, how exactly do you treat that idea and what exactly are the, are the value constructs? behind how you actually go about thinking, I want to buy that house or just rent it or buy that car or just rent it? Um, it's a great question. Uh, it depends on your situation. If you're a, if you want to be a home buyer, um, you should really have a 10 year plan. If you're only planning to live there for three years in a short period of time, you're really not going to build any equity, uh, in that house. All the, all the money you're paying back to the, wherever you got your mortgage is going to be mostly interest. Um, so if you can have a, smaller rent cost, then I think you should do that. Uh, when, it calls auto, when it comes to automobiles, um, again, it depends on your situation. Uh, I grew up with like the, the worst cars. Uh, they were always breaking down on me. Um, I, in college, I bought a, a 2004 Ford Escape, like 200,000 miles on it. So for me, I, I can't go back to that um, style of driving around that brings me too much anxiety. So um, I'll like having a new car that is very safe and very reliable is something that I'll, I, I have to have. Um, other than that, um, I think that having multiple cars, I see some people have multiple cars in various industries, not just the NFL. Um, I think that's uh, a little frivolous and I don't understand. You can only drive one at a time as far as I, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but yeah, I think that, uh, depends on your situation when it comes to living, uh, just, uh, know what you're know what you're getting into in the long term because you can really have some regrets uh, down the line. You know, Brandon, I, I interviewed a number of years back former NL Cy Young winner R. A. Dickey, and I asked him what the first big ticket purchase he made was when he got his first big contract. You know what he told me? He said it was an iPhone. That's what they got. That's what they splurged on. What exactly did you splurge on when you first got that kind of big payday? Man, I'm again. Fortunately, I'm I'm lucky. I, think, you know, Carl and I think similarly. Uh, I've had a roller coaster ride of a career, and I'm also fortunate to have seen my grandfather, who played for 11 years as well, um, his life after football. So for me, I understood that it was not promised. It was not guaranteed. Um, I was driving the same car that I've been driving since high school for my first three years in the league, and uh, I literally probably did not make a major purchase at all, you know, to be quite honest with you. I think maybe it might've been some, some, 
some gift for my mom or something like that. But it, it you know, to be quite, it probably was a Pandora bl- bracelet or something like that. And I'm not going to then <laughs> tell mom she got to put in some work. She has to run down this field to get a little more than that now. <laughs> recently, I guess, well, building on that recently, though, after six years in the league, I did pay off her house. So I, I paid off her house and she had been paying on it for, for years and it was a house um, we grew up in for a certain part of our, our childhood. So I paid that off and she was extremely happy about that. But that was probably the biggest uh, purchase. It's a big part of the American dream for all of us, paying off your homes. We've just got a couple minutes left here, guys. And I'd like to end with this question that I'm, I'm going to pose to each of you guys. Brandon, I will start with you first. What is the biggest company stock business story that's captivated your attention so far this year? Ooh, man, this, is, this has been an interesting year. I, I'd say uh, a company that I'm continue, continually impressed by is Amazon. Um, yeah, I think they're literally just taking over the world. Clearly they, they announced today that they're getting into the pharmaceutical business, right? Uh, Walgreens stock is down tremendously because of it. Um, I'm very interested in Tesla. Um, but, but I also, again, simply put Amazon, I think it's, it's, it was built for the, the new norm, this norm. Uh, and it's just pretty amazing how they continue there as an athlete, is very, very cool to see a business that is not happy with uh, or not complacent in its current situation or results. It's continually, it's continuously uh, evolving and growing and diving into new businesses. And, and for me, I personally am very, very intrigued by that. That's a great one. It's captivated a lot of investors out there. Carl, same question to you. What's the big business story or company or, or theme that you've been watching so far in 2020? Um, I can tell you the one I try not to look at, and that's Tesla, because I told myself uh, in the beginning of this year that if it ever got below $400, uh, I was going to invest. And it got below, right below $400 right when I was uh, negotiating my contract here in Las Vegas. So I was not paying attention to uh, the market or anything. And I, every time, you know, last couple months and it's, this entire year, it's exploded. So that's probably my biggest regret. That was Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders. He joined the Patriots' Brandon Copeland and my colleague Dom Chu of CNBC on November 17th, 2020, at CNBC's The Path Forward Your Money event. It focused on personal finance. Our thanks to all of them. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information about upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, visit CNBCEvents.com. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.